welcome to this uh, Wine Tech Podcast, uh, perhaps the first ever um, that we are getting together some of the leading tech voices in the industry um, to really talk about uh, what the future of the wine industry is and the future of wine tech is. And so today we're really lucky to have um, a group that we hope to have mostly on every podcast, um, but who knows, it might change a little bit every time and we might be able to add people um, or people might not be able to make it. Um, we have uh, Seb from Trolley. Trolley helps wineries sell more wine to consumers. Jonathan from Bottlebooks, um, who uh, man helps uh, product data management for the wine industry. Lori from Outshinery, who takes label images and magically turns them into bottle shots. Nick from Wine Owner, who helps uh, helps you manage your fine wine, um, and we will talk about today simple hacks to help you sell more wine. So let's start off. What is the number one hack for 2021 to sell more wine? I'm going to start with Seb because this is right up your alley. This topic, and I'm sure that you're going to have an answer ready to go. It's, uh, I think, look, it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting topic because we've seen the wine industry being um, outstandingly fragmented for decades. So there's a lot, a lot of small producers. And the problems that this creates is really that um, consumers, irrespective as to how you discover wine, consumers, unless you've been drinking for 20 plus years, really don't know what they're getting into. They don't know what bottle to buy. They don't know which one to try, right? And I think from a winery perspective, because we work really, really closely with a number of wineries, uh, what's really important for 2021 uh, is to realize that ultimately um, we're not really trying to sell grape juice. We're really trying to sell a story, an experience, a lifestyle, a, a farming kind of a lifestyle. Uh, and uh, the wineries should really reinforce this in every single messages, especially the smaller wineries, because they really want to have uh, people talking about them, right? So ultimately, you really want to get the word out. You're receiving as a consumer, you're receiving a pack of wine. The winery should do everything they can in order for, for you as a consumer to talk about that wine, talk about that delivery, talk about that uh, winery that you've discovered. Uh, in order to help your fellow consumers, help your family, help your uncles and your friends also discover uh, that winery. So ultimately, the, the, the greatest sales tactic in the, in the world of small production wine is literally not to sell the wine, but talk about the winery, talk about the, the one-legged dog, talk about the tractor breaking down, talk about the frost on the vine, talk about everything else but the wine and ultimately the, the wine sales will come through right off the back of it. And, and where, where should they be talking about this? On a blog, on, a, on Instagram, on does it matter? Uh, yes, the, the biggest challenge is really that we know smaller wineries, we're dealing with mums and pops, right? We're dealing with businesses who usually barely have any weekend staff. Uh, now with the, the glorious pandemic we, we're going through, uh, there's usually no staff. It's just them trying to tend, you know, a couple of days at a tasting room. Uh, they really need to try and focus on technology. They really need to try and focus on scale, uh, whether it's email, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, whether it's LinkedIn, anywhere that they want to talk, uh, they should use as a channel. 
Um, the biggest challenge, obviously, is time. Uh, and I think most would recognize that uh, small businesses don't really have a whole lot of time. Um, and ultimately, it's better to try and focus on one channel and do it really well and then start different channels. Uh, but you sh really shouldn't limit yourself to a single channel. So email and Facebook seems to be what we're seeing as being very powerful. Um, emails still sell. Email still get delivered, still get open. Uh, they need to be short. A lot of wineries are still sending novels uh, every quarter, uh, whereas consumers today really want to get a tidbit worth of information, a tidbit worth of email. Um, and Facebook. Uh, we do know that uh, Facebook has got some pretty powerful advertising uh, mechanisms. Uh, and Facebook is really based on friends and families and people you know, and it's not really a business kind of engine. So it really works quite well uh, for the world of wine. So which channel? Email and Facebook. Nick, is it is it different in the world of fine wine? What What's... What are you seeing? What, um, what so, are so yeah, using? I mean, I think I think the one thing that people could really focus on is operational excellence. Deliver a great, predictable experience to your customer base, and that sort of sounds very straightforward. And it's not just about all the customer-facing stuff. It's about what happens after you've sold a bottle of wine. It's making sure that that experience is replicable and is able to be delivered to some basic standards. And, and that's easier said than done in the market where you've got enormous amount of friction, where you've got um, logistics that are slow and inefficient. Um, but you can do your bit by making sure that your business is great at, at being on top of that whole post-sale transaction processing um and as and if you are and you're delivering a consistent experience to to customers they're going to come back and they're going to buy more frequently and they're going to talk about you to their friends and you're going to win and pick up more business laurie um what about in imagery the these images that that wineries need bottle shots, product lifestyle images. What, what do you see there for, for, for hacks for 2021? Um, I'm not sure if we call it, call it a hack, but like rather like an opportunity. So again, due to like the time 2020 and the year of e-commerce, I mean, it's been, e-commerce has been coming again and again, but like it's never been like that big across um, any consumer product. And that's also coming from wine, which is really exciting. Um, one thing that I think wineries have to really keep top of mind is that the e-commerce online shopping experience, uh, the, the bar has raised drastically across all industry. Uh, and I'm talking beyond Amazon and Walmart out there. Like really like every, like my small coffee producer roaster as an excellent e-commerce Shopify platform. I can see the coffee beans. I can read the labels and make the difference between my coffee from Guatemala versus my coffee from Colombia or Ecuador. And one is more cocoa than the other one. And I'm expecting this kind of, um, experience, shopping experience. And then when I go to winery website and it's not that my, I don't think as a consumer that my standard is that high, but then I just get like, whoa, flashback, throwback, like what is that? I can't read anything. Why are you trying to sell me this like Cabernet Sauvignon 2018? But the picture is that 
looks 2012. Like, you know, it's just like this disconnect um, that has always been present, I think, uh, on the online shopping experience for wineries. And I think it's no longer possible. So really um, ramping up um, like the presentation of the brand uh, to make it easy and trustworthy uh, for consumers um, to choose your product over others uh, will make a big difference. And I really think, I mean, this is um, something that I'm quite passionate about. The quality of your imagery, of your photography, visual content makes a huge, huge difference. Like wineries, uh, you do not need anymore. Like big budget, big lead time. Uh, we use technology to kind of like, you know, get there faster and um, more affordable. And uh, you don't, you can really communicate in the same quality at the same level that not only your wine, your product, uh, you know, in the bottle is, but also like those big players that just have um, a very different reality. So, because again, as um, Seb mentioned, like to consumers, you know, unless we're talking fine wine and everything, wine is wine. It's don't necessarily know the full story and like your reality that, you know, maybe you're doing your feeling the order, like, you know, like late at night because that's just you at the winery. Like there's not necessarily this awareness and people expect, um, yeah, like a shopping experience that they feel confident putting their credit card on. So that's and Jonathan, you're, you're not so much in the consumer, but you're in the B2B world. B2B. And yeah, and 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 yeah, B two B, and and Jonathan's completely in that B two B world, and he's seen that all the events get shut down, and perhaps even for the first half of next year. What 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 can people do? What are the hacks for twenty twenty one that you can do to sell B two B, Jonathan? Um, I was just thinking as I was listening to the others um, speak. Um, and I think one of the things that we've seen also in for us just um, uh, learning out how to, to work in this and during the pandemic is um, looking outside the wine industry to see how other industries are doing that and take some inspiration from what others are doing um, that, you know, we, you can obviously see what your what your neighbor is doing or see something and in, in one of the article in the in the magazines uh wine magazines about what other people are doing initiatives inside the wine industry but um also it's i think valuable to from time to time look outside the wine industry and to, to look at those emails that you're getting your marketing emails that people are sending you from you know maybe for um you know from tennis shoes to beauty products um or even just going up sometimes and signing up for new services, because I think um, uh, if you haven't done that in a while and just sort of experimented around and see what other people are doing, how other people are approaching their customers in terms of emails um, and content, I think um, I think there's there's some uh, there is some there is some innovation going on out there, and and if you haven't done it in a while, just yeah, try signing up for a few new things and see what they seeing what they do and seeing how that might relate to how you're selling to your customers. And what about hacks that that are so 2019 that really <laughs> people are doing still, but they should not be doing anymore because um, they really have lost their effectiveness? Or um, I mean, Laura, you were laughing. Did did something pop into your mind that people are still kind of doing things in a? Uh, 
Yeah, like, I mean, it was already a problem in 2019, don't get me wrong, but just uh, something that just, you know, popped in my head is kind of like mass communication or even like still calling things like, you know, email blast and sending like this general email, like, hey, we've got this new wine and then we have a list of making it up here, 12,000 people and we're just going to email everyone with the same message and crossing finger, hoping for the best that we sell some of it. Like, it's just kind of like... Um, approach uh, is obviously like it was wrong in 2019 but it's getting more and more wrong uh, as like technology and consumer expectation evolve and it's kind of like interesting because we always talk about segmentation like be more personalized um, and it's not as difficult as it may seem like the technology uh, so like uh, email softwares um, such as like active campaign mailchimp and so on like they really make it actually really easy for you to do like more personalized message and it works so much better and it's so much more fun to even communicate with your audience that way so uh i, I like i would like even as i'm channeling like we'd like to do in 2021 like if there is such a thing like hyper segmentation like if there is even in a segment just like 75 of our top top customers that we want to speak to differently there's no reason not to do it and uh, the return on investment uh has been proven for us like really worth it so far and we can't wait to do it more and I think wineries uh, should try it and experiment with it. That's something that comes. Sam, in you've you've been doing this, haven't you? For it's, it's yeah, one hundred percent. I think I think. Uh, look, the one thing I do have an absolute peeve against quarterly newsletters, which are that long. I'm going to mention it three or four times. I still have wineries sending them out, and the open rate is usually about 12 percent. Uh, and to Laurie's point, technologies today effectively can send. 10,000 emails looking exactly the same or can send 10,000 individual customized emails. Uh, and the, the, the point on personalization is extremely important. Uh, we've actually seen even technologies like sending a text message on a birthday. Uh, a lot of uh, wineries initially were kind of scared. They kind of thought, look, it's a bit intrusive to send a text message to someone, to my customers, right? Uh, yet, People do like the feeling of getting something just sent to them. We all know what it feels like when the phone goes ding, ding, and you just pick up and you go, oh, oh, who wants me? And I do think that the quarterly communications, look, we have wineries who are still sending paper forms in the mail to actually buy wine. And I can appreciate that in their mind, it kind of fits a demographic for their wine club and their customer base. What they're not realizing is that, is that this is changing rapidly. Most wine consumer today is below the age of 50. The broad number of the, 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 the biggest amount of wine moving is really coming from the millennials and the Gen Z altogether. And um, ultimately that personalization works with new, uh, new buyers quite literally. Um, yeah, 100%. Small, short, personalized, just more often than not, uh, so that when there's a buying decision that comes through, the brand is top of mind. I need some wine today. I'm happy to have it delivered. Which one am I going to pick? Oh, I just got an email from these guys. Oh, yeah, done. Website, yeah. poop, buy, poop. And, I, and I, would, I would go even a bit further, you know, like it's also become like a bit of expectation. Like I get you know, because I mean, I've just placed all my orders for like Christmas in France and everything like that. But it's kind of my expectation. Like, I don't want to receive an email from a brand asking me something. I'm like, I just bought this from you. Like, like, like there's also like, 
it's funny because like we always like oh, do I accept the cookies do I not accept the like you know like this is back and forth about like the privacy like how much do I want uh, the brand the company to know about me but at the same time I get a bit offended is too strong of a word but like when they feel like totally out of nowhere it's just like why are you trying to sell me like mugs which is something that I just recently purchased and oh like do you want mugs as an email that we send like three days later I'm like I literally placed an order on your website and that was just this disconnect meanwhile I had another brand that like hey you've got this beautiful dinner set don't you need like some like serving spoons to go with it I'm like you know what my order isn't shipped I can totally add dips and, and then just I added like $30 to my order and I know it's not the world of wine but like to the you know to what uh, was discussed prior. It's just like all like inspiration of not only what can be done and the expectation, the level that um, is being achieved. On another shopping cart, I was like, oh, I was spending a bit too much time because I couldn't choose the color. I received a text. I can't even, I don't even know exactly how they got my phone. Hey, like we saw that we didn't finish your order. Like anything I can help you with, I can help you choose. And I was blown away. And it's a small, like a small like ceramic company here in Vancouver, like that we're not talking like big, big resource, but they invested in technology to deliver excellent customer service. And Nick, what what's going on in fine wine that um, what's not working anymore that people are still? Well, I, I'd, I'd probably pick up on a, a word that Laurie used, which is connectivity. So I think that, um, you know, we've all experienced that moment when you see something online, you see something on wine search, you see something on someone's e-commerce site, you buy it, you go through the process, and then later on that day or the following morning, you get an email saying, I'm really sorry, but we're sold out. <laughs> um, and that is so typical of the fine wine market, and it's so indicative of a lack of mastering of data, rekeying of data into different systems, um, having far more people than you ought to really have doing admin within your company, which means that, you know, smart, bright people are, are, are kind of reduced to basically keying and rekeying the same data in again and again in order to just try and kind of um, keep um, your various, um, uh, channels and customer facing systems sort of vaguely in sync. So that's got to stop because those guys are, are going to be absolutely killed over the next couple of years or so to Laurie's point as the bar substantially raises around the e-commerce experience and what the consumer expects is an absolute minimum. Um, and, and we're seeing in fact, an, you know, a, a, a real, rush to reinvestment at this point. I think people who typically might have thought in terms of 10-year reinvestment cycles post-COVID, recognizing the significant growth that businesses have done, who have done a great job of being online that have experienced, um, are, are bringing forward those, those, those reinvestment cycles and, um, and committing to um, um, really shaping their business up in order to properly master data, make sure everything's in sync and looking ahead, making sure that they can reach their addressable market through different channels. And Jonathan, what about you? What, what's, what are people still doing that, that just does, they don't work anymore? 
I think I would then have to have to take the conversation a bit more B2B since um, that's where I'm having more of my discussions. Um, I, I think that um, the approach of, um, uh, of having your customers come to you to have to um, help themselves on your website, I think that is, um, uh, is a, it's time spent that we don't really have anymore. And I'm, I'm talking more like the trade portals where the content is posted on somebody's site, but then you have to go to the site. And if you're an independent retailer where you're having wines from 200, 300 producers having to go to 200 and 300 websites is really difficult to do. Um, and um, a winery that we've been working with this month, um, it's, it's just refreshing to see their focus on customer service that they're getting organized and they're going to differentiate themselves to the competitors based on how good their customer service is. And it's, it's, it's related to, I think, what Nick and what Lori was uh, talking about, um, but in the B2B sense is just saving time um, and providing the tools that your customers need to be successful selling your wines. Because if they're selling more of your wines than somebody else's, or it's easier to sell your wines, guess what? They're going to come back and order another pallet of your wine before they order another pallet of wine from your, from your neighbor. Um, so I think um, it's, it's, yeah, the, the sort of, uh, yeah, um, I've sold you the wine and you figure out how to sell it. I think that's, that's something that um, is, uh, is changing, but yeah, is becoming more and more difficult to more and more tenuous. Hey, look, I think Great, uh, uh, maybe we could oh, just, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think um, the, the, the vast majority of the wine industry from a production through distribution all the way to a warehousing and retail store, the vast majority is actually smaller businesses. Uh, and these businesses really need to use their time, their technology as effectively as possible. Um, and unfortunately, most of them get stuck working in the business as opposed to working on the business. Um, and that's usually where, uh, to, to Nick's point, uh, having integrated technologies, doing things once, providing a unified experience through all of your channels. You don't want your sales rep to try and chase up the inventory. You don't want your customers on your website having to chase up inventories. You don't want a retail customer having to try and figure out, okay, what's about this new vintage? You really want to get that information to your customer as effectively as possible. Uh, and this is where technology is greatly changing things today. Having everything connected together, uh, your time as a small business becomes far better utilized. Uh, so you can focus on the product and the story and the experience around the product more than the logistics and the bits and pieces and the uploading of inventory and downloading and all that stuff, right? So it's important to lean on technology extensively. That's an interesting uh, note about a, a lot of um, these businesses are small businesses and they have anxiety about technology. Uh, Laurie, do you, do you see that? I, I mean, people coming to you, they, they're sort of interested, but there's this kind of anxiety and how do you get over that? What, what, what can people do to, to think about that differently? Because a lot of these hacks are, are digital hacks we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, seeing is believing. <laughs> Like, like, just like there's something about like having the experience. Like we, for example, for our channery, so we do 
uh, bottle imagery, uh, lifestyle image, like with wine for wineries without the need for physical product. So right when I kind of like mentioned this already, like this spark of curiosity, I think sometimes the problem of technology, and I come from a design background, is it can be a bit it can be daunting looking, but it also can be a bit dry and not um, aspirational, which I think is wrong. I, I, I geek out on technology. There's so much like possibility. And I think speaking about it a bit differently with a different angle, especially when you come from the world of wine can already just language, I think um, can change a lot on the perception. And for like, so first, like when I mentioned, like seeing is believing, it's just like, hey, you can get your first bottle shot for free. Like see for yourself how it works, see for yourself how it takes, under five minutes, how you never left your home office, uh, how you never went to the warehouse to go pick up a sample with a label that was perfect, like none of this is it. And then like we'll send you an image three days later, if not sooner, and uh, tell us how, it, what do you think? And it's just like going through the process and just kind of like understanding uh, what's really fun is literally we have a lot of response, like people like loving the, um, like the results, but even like the process of it, like, oh, that was fun. Like, oh, I got to choose like, oh, like this food, like looks amazing. They would go so well with their Cabernet Sauvignon. Like, let's just put the bottle in it. Like, we just kind of like spark, um, technology like spark possibility and curiosity and a, a renewed um, enthusiasm of like, what is possible? And a lot of it, oh, it's much easier than I thought. I think there's still this like mental barrier uh, that doesn't need to be there. Like we do see, I hate to talk about demographics because I think people are a little bit, uh, definitely more complex than just like age groups. I think it's just like an oversimplification. Um, but like, we're really seeing that typically like in our own audience, like um, a bit like the younger um, marketing um, uh, person, it's just like much more willing to take a risk. It takes a bit more like communication and handholding at the beginning for slightly older demographic. But I would say they are like, once they're in, they're in. And this is when we like, you know, like it's just like, this is a possibility and they're looking at other technology. Oh, what else can we do? Not necessarily use our channel, but maybe with bottle books or like, you know, just like, what can we do to just like keep on rolling and gain efficiency and cut out this busyness. Um, I think it's been mentioned a few times during the, the panel, like we, there was never a lot of time for being busy for the sake of being busy, but even less so nowadays. So um, that's, that's what we've been experiencing. Just like try it first and demystify and uh, delight in the process. And, and in a way like we rarely, like in our own language, we actually never use the word technology <laughs> itself. Because it's just like, we're like, we're a tech company, but that's not even how we present ourselves. Mm -hmm. Well, and bottle books, uh, Jonathan, do you do you see that that there needs to be this aha moment um, that Laurie's talking about? Do you see that in, in your clients? Um, most definitely. Um, and I think it is it is something that it's it's step by step, but then at one moment it just clicks. Um, and it's hard. It's everyone is different on what that moment is. Um, I think if I were to generalize it, it, it tends to be something that needs to be visual, um, that you can see that the work that you've done with the data entry or like the, the unsexy part of uh, the technology bit has paid off and you've got something that you weren't able to create before or you weren't able to, to do before. And I, this is like, oh, this is what I had in my head and I finally been able to do it. Ah, okay, now I get why I, I do this. So I think it's it's um, it's it, it's a it's a journey for everybody, I think, um, and I think it, it kind of goes back to 
um, yeah, just also just looking uh, left and right and seeing what other people people are doing and and trying to figure out how that how that can be done in in wine uh, too because some of these things um, we ourselves are are inspired by other industries so um, it's it's not things that we're we're inventing out of nowhere um, most of the time so um, yeah I think it's 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 a step by step I would um, I would uh, I would add, like we kind of digress on the original topics of trying to sell wine right. Uh, but I would also make the argument that all of us around here together as an industry, we know that technology is, to use uh, Laurie and, and Nick's word, does create anxiety, right? And it is unto us to really try and make our technology, our software as easy and as straightforward as possible. And to, to challenge everyone, I don't think there needs to be a single aha moment i think to use laurie's laurie's point within five minutes aha five minutes later aha 24 hours later aha and we really need to lean on the technology and the user experience we're providing to help wineries just take a tiny little leap of faith just kind of a, just try it out and just see how it goes and within minutes oh nice that kind of works okay what's next right um, it is really on to us as technology providers to try and help the, the technologies penetrate the, those businesses um, because we are in a world of technology. We are comfortable jumping online, chatting here and there. They're not. Uh, and this is nothing to do with wine, right? This is small businesses. This is the general population. A lot of people are not even comfortable jumping on a group call yet after 12 months worth of being stuck at home, right? So I think it's really on us uh, to make the technologies as smooth and as streamlined. Uh, and we've seen in Trolley, we've actually spent most of 2020 really refining the onboarding experience. Uh, and we actually had, I kid you not, right? We had a full page worth of 10 points checklist, right? 30 items we had on a checklist in order to configure the platform. And that alone was kind of a, not a ha-ha moment, that was a bit of a get ready, buckle up, it's gonna be a hell of a ride moment. We've completely changed that towards really taking one little step at a time. Let's not worry about the greater picture too much. Let's just take you through a journey of doing a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit here and together take you to a more effective business, a more efficient sales mechanism, right? Um, so there's a lot of responsibility on us to try and just get rid of that technology anxiety uh, and really help those business, businesses do better. And for those who take the leap, it's definitely going to pay out. Every uh, economic and, and health crisis that we've seen in the last 100 years, anyone who was embracing technology came out stronger. Um, so we just need to help as many of those businesses as we can. And Nick, maybe I'll give you the last word. Um, I think we've covered a lot, but um, what, how can we, you know, how can we help people sell more wine in 2021? How can we help them embrace technology and, and take advantage of these hacks? Well, we can certainly help them embrace technology to um, the previous points by making it easy and intuitive to use. And that means focusing on the business, to Laurie's point, uh, focusing on the outcomes that businesses are looking to achieve and building technology around 
those goals and 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 supporting those outcomes rather than you know um i mean i understand why people have anxiety over using technology because a, a lot of it isn't particularly intuitive and it's frustrating and you know frankly the well i'm not even sure it's age related to Laurie's point i was going to say the older you get the more frustrated you get by things that aren't working well but i actually think I think younger people are are annoyed and and angered by things that 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 aren't that aren't good. So so I think you know that is that is all and a couple of examples, you know, a couple of businesses that we work uh, for came off Microsoft Dynamics uh, onto our industry specific platform. And they talked in terms of having to focus on the 15% of each screen that was actually useful for them and try and zone out the rest of the stuff that made no sense to them whatsoever, which of course is going to induce anxiety. So, um, so getting that bit right is, 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 is clearly a given. And going forward, selling more wine is about making the most of your people leveraging your human resource and not tying them down in mundane, mundane tasks and making sure that you do a great job of connecting the wines that you've spent time building your franchise around and worrying about sourcing from you know the most interesting best sources and getting them in front of your addressable market. And that means having a great e-commerce and it means being broad-minded about where your addressable market is in our post-digital, post-COVID world and trying to connect with them wherever they are. Great, well, um, thank you so much. This was the first Wine Tech podcast. I think we've covered a lot. Um, there's gonna be a lot more to talk about in upcoming podcasts. Um, I would really like to thank Jonathan from Bottle Books, Laurie from Outshinery, Nick from Wine Owners, and Seb from Trolley. Um, and um, thanks for listening. And um, that's it. <laughs>